I'm so glad you're here today Cause tomorrow I might have to go and fly away Fly away Fly away Fly away Fly away Okay, you're good I'm down to my last I'll walk can right get, through my, my shoes my Just a small reminder of the hell that I've gone through Look at me still smiling Wondering what I'll do Cause if I ain't got nothing I've got nothing to lose Everybody say ha 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 <laughs> Can I get my levels? Man oh man There's a lot to be said for the army um, I hope you enjoyed our little A little bit of a different intro today Um that was Austin getting his levels for uh, the microphone, obviously. Um, but yeah, he is currently in the field as I'm recording this intro. So I was missing him a little bit. So I was like, I'm going to keep that in there. He might be mad at me for that, but I'm going to keep it in. Um, this episode is all about Austin uh, telling me about the army and, you know, digging a little bit deeper into some stories that I may have known, some stories that I may have not have known about, um, his experiences and everything, his thoughts and feelings going in and his expectations and everything. But yeah, um, I hope y'all enjoy and please let me know um, if this is something that y'all like hearing about. And Austin has plenty of stories. He has plenty of friends that have other stories. Um, it would be super fun to have them on. So for now, let's get into the episode. Hey guys, welcome to our episode. I'm here again with my husband, Austin. Say hi, Austin. Hi. <laughs> He's back and louder than before. <laughs> I've turned him up. Um, today is actually going to be focused on him and what he does for a living, which is suffer and <laughs> get overworked. Um, so we're going to be talking about the army a little bit some expectations versus the reality uh what he thought it was going to be like and then how it actually is all right so my first question is what were your expectations of the military as a kid because i know that you've wanted to do the military thing for a while well we can start with basic training watching the youtube videos growing up mm -hmm. are pointless because all those videos are made way back when, like yeah. when my dad was in, you know, when John, my stepdad was in. So when you watch those, it's nowhere near the same as it is. So going into basic training, I thought it was going to be all super hoo and, <laughs> you know, I'm going to get yelled at and I just, you know, I was scared. I was on that bus just like, this is it. This is legit. And you get there and there is yelling not at first, you go to somewhere called reception, mm -hmm. which is where you get all your shots, your cat card, your uniform, your boots, you get all your finances straight. I mean, it's not as easy as it sounds because you still, you know, if you're not doing anything, like you finish before everybody else, you sit in a chair. And if you're not reading this book they call you, it's the blue book, which is like the army's Bible, then... You know, they're going to be throwing chairs around. You're doing push-ups for days. But getting past reception and then going into basic training, you have pickup day, which is where your drill sergeants come and pick you up on their little, uh, they call it, it's like a cattle truck. It's got like a truck and it's 
the back of it's covered and it almost looks like you know you put cattle in there and you get back there you're you know you're hustling it's your this is the real deal it's like day one your drill sergeants are yelling at you you're throwing all your bags into the back of a truck getting them all mixed up you better make sure you know where yours is or have your name on it or something but they all look the same right no every single one look the same because well you have, like, your personal bags with you, too, still, because when you go to, like, day one basic training, you get, at least that's how it was for us. You get there, you get to your actual barracks for basic training, they make you dump out all your bags, and you get rid of all your civilian underwear, your civilian socks, cell phones, Apple watches if you had them, so you can't, you know, text off your Apple watch. And, yeah, they pretty much take all your civilian stuff away, but, you know, it wasn't as bad as... It's not as bad as you think. Then, um, I was just expecting it to be a lot more physical and mentally tough, but I glided through basic training because, you know, they have all these rules now where you can't do the shark attacks where it's like three drill sergeants on one person yelling at him, put your bag over your head and the other one's telling him not to put his bag over his head. You can't do that anymore. You can't? No. What, is it just like only one at a time kind of thing? I mean, I'm not a drill sergeant, so I don't know. I just know you can't do that anymore. Okay. We do have this NCO from my unit now that just went to basic training, and I mean, it's crazy. You know, you can't genderize anyone any now. You can't say female soldier, male soldier. It's just soldier, troop, whatever. You can't do it gender-based anymore. Hmm. And if you're going to smoke, which is make them do exercises as punishment, I heard he went from what he said is the drill sergeant has to get down with the Joes now. So if he's going to make them do push-ups, then he has to get down and do push-ups with them. And he can do, like, max is, like, 10 reps for anything. But, like, the loophole to that is if he makes them do 10 push-ups, then he can take a break and another drill sergeant can hop in and mm-hmm. make them do 10 V-ups and then so on and so on. They can go back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. But, yeah, when I got in there, no shark attacks. I just glided. You know, they did the tornadoes where they just... Day one, you put all your stuff in your locker and they rush you so you don't really think about locking up your locker. But they tell you like, you have three minutes to get back downstairs, throw all your stuff in your locker. I was like the smart dude. Like I threw a lock on my locker. A lot of people did not because we were so rushed. Oh wow. So when we go back up to the room, just everybody's stuff, you know, like you get the bags of like Tide Pods. They like rip those open and throw your Tide Pods everywhere and stomp on them and... They just make you clean up everything, and then you're, like, trying to figure out, like, they throw everybody's boots together, so you're like, oh, I got my left boot, does anybody have my right boot, it's a <laughs> oh size 10 and a half, gosh. like, you gotta make sure you mark your boots when you go, or tie a knot in the shoelaces, take your shoelaces out, tie a knot in the middle, and then loose, lace your shoelaces back onto your boots so you know that yours are the ones with knots, but other than that, like, basic training was nowhere near what I thought it was gonna be, it wasn't as hard, it wasn't as mentally tough. I mean, you, I lost a lot of weight. Yeah. But. A lot of weight. <laughs> other than that, it was easy. Mail calls something special because, <laughs> you know, you <laughs> like to write a lot. So every time we had mail call, I had 50 letters from the same person. I actually wrote you every single day. Like every. Because I, I was in college. I know. So every single day I wrote you and I, I knew the post office ladies. Like, they gave me free stamps at one point. So I made great friends with them. And then come to find out, they, like, saved, what, it was, like, once a week or something. You got them, and then they just, like, threw, like, yeah. 20 letters at they, you. You, like, mail call, like, one day a week. So they collect up all the mail throughout that week. 
and then hand it out. And we wrote to other soldiers. I don't know if you actually appreciated that because it was your girlfriend that was doing it, but we, me and my friends wrote to like soldiers that didn't get mail. So it was like literally addressed to like somebody who didn't get mail that day. And we just yeah. said, hi, what's your favorite color? <laughs> oh, you weren't the only one. Hope you're having fun. My Aunt Moo Moo oh, did yeah. that. Mimi did that. Exactly. Did they actually like read them? Or were they just Probably like, not. This is weird. <laughs> they probably opened it, took a glance at it, and then threw it away. Yeah. Which is fine. We had a few soldiers get like those Dear John letters. Oh my God. <laughs> those guys were such crybabies. Oh. I joined because of her and blah, 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 whatever. They got broken up with in basic training. Yep. It wasn't meant they to be. They <laughs> literally got Dear John letters. I'm like... If you can't make it... I thought that was just a movie. <laughs> no, you can't Apparently make it. that's like, a real thing. What was it, like nine weeks? You're not going to make it in the military. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's I'm pretty sure like 90, 90% of the people in my basic training are out now. That's sad. You just can't hack it. I remember you saying it was a game to you. Like, you just got to play the game. It's a huge game, but it's not a huge game. Like, take it serious. Yeah. You know. But, yeah, I mean, you just got to go in there with the mindset. You got to understand, their drill sergeants are human beings. You're a human being. Their job is to yell at you. Mm-hmm. But if you go in there with that mindset of, like, ain't nobody going to yell at me, and nobody's going to make me do push-ups. Like, that's the wrong mindset. You're joining for a reason. You know what you're joining for. So, just go in, understanding they're human, I'm human. They're going to yell at me. They may make me do push-ups. But they physically cannot touch you. Like, they can't harm you. Yeah. Unless if you're putting their life in danger. Yeah. So, I mean, I flew under the radar. They didn't know my name. They literally didn't so. know your name. Like, it was Ramen, Roman. Yeah, Ramen, <laughs> Raymond, Ramen, Ramen, Ramon. What was it? Romanowski or something? No, like. that was my football coach in high school. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, I made some of my best friends in basics. Some of them are not best friends anymore. Mm-hmm. That's probably the hardest part in the army is going somewhere, stationed with them. You hang out with them for two, three years, and then PCS season comes around, and now, you know, you're split up. But being in the job that I'm in, which is air defense artillery, such a small world in the military, mm-hmm. you're going to say bye to some friends over here, and then you're going to go over there and meet up with some old friends that you left three years ago. So. Literally, we have some of our closest friends now that we haven't seen in the past three years, but you knew them in basic or AIT or something, and then now we know them again. <laughs> yeah, like me and Churchill, mm-hmm. we weren't even in the same class. Like, we were in the same AIT, which is Advanced Individual Training, but we weren't in the same class. He graduated a class or two ahead of me, and then, you know, three, four years... Well, three years down the road, whenever I PCS, we PCS here. Now we're linked back up and we're still like really good friends. It's like we never left each other. Versus like some people that you may have met at your first duty station. And then now like you PCS and it's like, all right, see you in, you know, three to six years, depending. (laughs) Even that, a lot of people are getting out or switching the jobs. So I may never see them again. I mean, you might. Facebook. <laughs> I social media. Facebook yeah, is a but... huge, yeah. No, not Facebook for me. Well, but... for me, it's huge. <laughs> the only way I keep up with most of my people is Snapchat. I just keep streaks with them. We don't even have conversations. <laughs> I have like mom groups streak. and we like plan things and you have streaks. <laughs> yeah. So what about AIT? What about 
your expectation? Did you like even think about a- AIT as a kid or like was it just like, oh, now there's this part? No, I didn't really think about AIT growing up before joining the military. You know, I thought it was all just basic training and go off to your job. Go shoot stuff. Probably found out about AIT once I actually started getting into the process of joining the military. So it's like, cool, you're going to go here for nine weeks, do basic training, which is your basic combat training, learning how to shoot a rifle, learning how to go over obstacles. You lose a lot of weight because they're making you do push-ups and sit-ups and run. You know, you're eating MREs, but they make you eat that MRE within like three minutes. Whatever you don't eat in the three minutes, you throw away. And then, you know, you got your ruck marches, your field training exercises, going out there, creating up little outposts and shooting blanks and uh, doing night land ops and land navigation. And then AIT is your advanced individual training where after the nine weeks of basic training or however long your basic training is, you go off to your AIT, which is another number of weeks i think mine was like 10 but there you learned your actual job so you've got your combat stuff out of the way now you're learning job specific you know the weapon system you're working on uh the technical manuals and the field manuals that go with that system so you can learn how to do maintenance on them and keep them going you learn how to operate them fire shoot reload missiles and stuff that's about it. We worked on two systems. The Avenger, which is a Humvee with a turret on the back. It holds four. Well, it has two missile pods that hold four missiles each. So eight missiles total. And then a 50 cal machine gun that can hold 200 rounds in the ammo can. And then the next weapon system is just the land-based phalanx weapon system, which it shoots ram threats, rockets, artillery, and mortars. And... We only got about a week of training on that because that's like our secondary job for this MOS. And, I mean, it was a lot to take in within 10 weeks, but, you know, just study. So, that's a CRAM, right? Yes, but CRAM is the Ow. mission. Of yeah. It. Counter rocket artillery mortar. That's the mission. The weapon is called the LPWS, WS. Land-Based Phalanx Weapon oh, System. Oh, okay. So, you had one week of training in AIT on that some people don't even get that I don't know why I don't know what's going on because y'all deployed with that (laughs) yeah some like that's what we deploy we don't deploy on the Avengers anymore but they spend nine weeks training you on it for no reason basically I mean it's not no reason you know like 5-5 and Fort Sill they just deployed on the Avenger but but at the time they weren't I mean yeah we're still we're getting rid of them we're getting a whole new weapon system now that's so crazy, so, though, that I didn't actually, know y'all didn't get that much training at all on it. Because I know y'all trained for, like, two whole months before y'all deployed, like, a lot. And then they were like, yeah, we learned this in AIT a little bit, but, <laughs> like, yeah. we're about to deploy with it, and we don't know much about it anymore. When we deploy on the CRAM, we got to go to, like, a week or two worth of net training, which is learning, like, pretty much AIT all over again about the weapon system. Then you do an MRE, which I don't know what MRE stands for, but you go there and that's where you're actually like doing simulated shifts where like they have simulated rounds incoming and you do simulated reloads and just get qualified before you deploy. That's why it took so long because you got to do that 
That's what we're, my unit right now is, you know, that everybody's leaving. That's what they're yeah. doing. They're going over there to do, to train up the National Guard and mm-hmm. make sure they're mission ready for this deployment that they're about to come up on. So, before deployment though, um, you were stationed at Fort Sill before being married and everything. So you had like a six month period where you were there. Was it what you thought it was going to be? Like working day in, day out, you know, six to six basically every day in the barracks? Like, was it what you expected? Was it worse? Was it better? I mean, getting there to the unit, what well, it's it's still kind of scary. You know, you're just like, you're just a fresh private out of basic and you're used to the whole stand at parade rest and, you know, like everything's done for you. And a sergeant is like, Ooh, (laughs) you know, like that dude's a sergeant. Wow. Now, like I'm an E5 now, almost an E6. Like, I'm just like, it's not that big of a deal. (laughs) Just a sergeant. Yeah. But, you know, we got there. It, It just, it's confusing because you get NCOs that are real lax. They don't, they don't care if you stand at parade rest for them. And then you get other NCOs that are like, why aren't you standing at parade rest for me? Like, get a parade rest. And then you get a parade rest, and then they tell you to relax. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa what? what? <laughs> or you get NCOs that are real kit, real chill, and then, like, once you, like, tee them off, they're like, you know what, get, get a parade rest. And then... They use it against you. Yeah, but yeah. getting to the unit, you know, my job is a two-man team. So you get to your platoon, you find out who you're, you know, the person you're going to live with in the field is. And then, like, it goes from there. You know, you just strive to be the best team. I loved it. I yeah. love being in an Avenger unit. Like, I'm, so, like, being CRAM kind of sucks now. But Avengers, like, that's where it was at. You know, me and my team chief, his name was, Sta- uh, he's Staff Sergeant now, Staff Sergeant Gallegos. Man, we were the team. Like, <laughs> at least we thought we were. You know, anybody else? If anybody else that's from my unit ever listens to this podcast, and be like, no, he wasn't. But we were the team. Like, <laughs> you know, I go to my first field. I get my first AM. I get a propeller for shooting down one of the little prop planes down. Yep, hanging up there. You know, in our I house. get a coin. <laughs> you know, I thought my team was the stuff. But working like six to six. I mean, it's not bad, you know, once you do it, like, you've already done it for 10 weeks, 11, yeah. like, you know, 12, 20, whatever it is, yeah, 10, like, like 9 plus weeks. 11 weeks, you know, you do 20 weeks of it, and just, it's easy now, so, you know, wake up, go do PT, go eat breakfast, go shower, shave, change into your uniform, go to motor pool on the Monday, do motor pool maintenance, go back to the office in the afternoon, chill do paperwork study do some sergeant times training it's the same rinse and repeat every day rinse and repeat except <laughs> mondays is just multiple maintenance yeah and uh, i mean living in the barracks was kind of tough in the beginning because i didn't have a car nor did my buddy that had that got stationed there with me martin nor did he have a car at the time so we were like asking for people for rides and some of them got stingy with it and we're like well you give me gas money like even though post is like two miles wide <laughs> not even that it's like that's your job you know like, yeah we're battle buddies help your battle buddy out yeah. you know sorry mcbride but mcbride charged people for rides like dude come on man i don't know if he's Calling ever gonna listen out. to this but he's like yeah they're bringing dirt in my car they better pay to clean my car he's like that's come funny. on bro you can't do that they actually got on him for it i think i don't know if he got in trouble or not if he did yeah oh wow so it's really actually like you're supposed to just give people rides. Yeah, it's a battle buddy system. I get it here and there, you know, gas money. Wow. Like, yeah. I understand, like, a drive to the airport. They can give gas money. Like, 
It's not it's not the fact that they were paying gas money to him. It's the fact that he was demanding it. Okay. Like if you're gonna get a ride, then you you're gonna give me twenty dollars okay, for yeah. gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shame on you, McBride. <laughs> yeah. Shame, shame. Okay, so yeah, talk about a little bit more about the barracks life and kind of the transition and how weird it was, or if it was weird how it felt moving into like housing and like going from being a single, what you were like a single PFC in the barracks to a married PFC in a house. Like how did that like feel? I mean, living in the barracks was easy. You know, it's basically dorm life, except for a lot less control over y'all. Y'all didn't even have a CQ. It's called CQ desk in the army. It's called like a dorm mom or like a, oh, what is it? hall monitor not hall monitor i forget what it's called in call i haven't yeah, been i, know, I haven't but... been to real college in so long <laughs> but yeah they don't they don't have like on each hall you know each floor has a different person that keeps up with people like y'all didn't even have that so no it was easy for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah when i got my barracks room i was in the building 900s on fort sill the party which barracks. Is, yeah i mean not re- <laughs> like every barracks is parties yeah. But we had probably, I mean, from my unit specifically, like Charlie Battery, just two of us. Me and oh, wow. Martin lived in Building 900. But like from my AIT group all together, it's probably like four or five of us there. Mm-hmm. But like the barracks that were right next to our battery were full. So they put us over there. I mean, we were chilling. I had an NCO room, you know, yeah. you've seen it. It was huge. <laughs> I could fit two beds. There were two beds in there. Actually, I took one apart and threw it in my closet. I was about to say. I had two closets. I had my own bathroom. Like, other people were sharing restrooms. I was about to say, didn't people share rooms? Like, weren't you supposed to No, they didn't share, share rooms? rooms. No, we don't share rooms in Fort Sill. Okay. You just it's... share bathrooms and have, like, a suite situation. Yeah, they share bathrooms. Okay. I didn't have to share bathrooms. <laughs> I had my own bathroom. It could be as gross as you wanted. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all of these barracks in Fort Sill need to get condemned, though. They do. But... And some of them have, and they still aren't being torn down. Yeah. But yeah, my barracks life was chill. I mean, I kept my room clean. I didn't have nothing really in there besides the TV and my moldy bed. A moldy pillow. A whole what? A moldy pillow. <laughs> yeah, that was from when I went to the field. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I think I left my window open. That's why. You did something. I left my window Because when open. we got... We had our bridal shower, and I brought all of our stuff from the shower i brought all of the gifts to your barracks room until we had gotten a house and everything and it all sat like in the corner and stuff and it was it was gross everything was there was mold in the in the window there was mold like your pillow was wet. i hung my hats up on my wall and all my hats had mold my bed was like moist that's so gross it was bad and it was springtime it wasn't even summer so it it was a mix. It it might have been partially weather, but it was also a mix of like you needed a dehumidifier in the room or something because yeah. the room itself was. Ugh. I wish the rooms down in Fort Sill like the, this like I feel like this should be army wide. The barracks we have here, mm-hmm. like have they're you seen like, the barracks here. Yes, because Emily and Rogers had um, barracks in the same building. Yeah, but you went to their room? Yeah, I used their bathroom one time whenever I visited you on CQ. Yeah, and they have like... They have a full two kitchen. Two rooms and a full kitchen. They have two, which is actually... I, it literally looks like, for any of my college people out there, the upperclassmen dorms. So you have like 
rooms that are separate from like a living area and a bathroom and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's like area. a super yeah, it's like a really really mini little bitty 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 apartment. Yeah, it's a two bedroom apartment. It literally it's exactly is. what it is. It's literally <laughs> two bedroom, one bath. So they literally have two separate bedrooms and then a common living area and then a bathroom that's also separate and. Yeah, they had like a full kitchen in there and like a table, like all this nice stuff. And I was like, what? Like, yep. And that was a barracks. I was like, wow. Yeah, if I had those barracks, never would have got married. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> and I remember, I don't know how true this is or if you were just saying it or whatever. We were supposed to wait for a full year after we got engaged because you proposed to me on Christmas. We were going to wait a full year till the next winter block leave to get married and then you were like, this is gross and sucks, and there's a graveyard outside of my barracks room, and it's depressing. So let's get married, let's get a house, let's make more money, <laughs> let's start life. And I was like, okay. And then we moved the wedding up six whole months so we could get married in the summer, which almost didn't work because you had a the California thing. Quarter one, NTC. NTC. You had that two weeks before our wedding and so you got back to Oklahoma like the week before our wedding and then made it to Texas like what three days before our wedding I was cutting it close (laughs) and transitioning from barracks to house wasn't that hard got on the list and then they gave us a house and to any military spouses that haven't been through this yet you want to have some excuse it doesn't always work like I don't think it would work as well here i don't know because this place is like packed with people but at least at fort sill or like smaller posts and like more like trade-off type like smaller you need to have some excuse like my excuse was college i said i start college on august whatever the day was and they were like okay we're gonna move you up the list so that you can have a place to start college and literally like we waited a month still so we were married for a month and stayed with friends But then, like, they had a house for us the Friday before I started classes on Monday. And it was because, like, I had school. I know that some people say, like, the pregnancy thing, which we could have barely swung by and said the pregnancy thing, but because we got pregnant, like, three months into marriage. But, yeah, pregnancy or, like, something like that, a health thing, something. Um, So that brings us to, I mean, housing. We got our house. And then... You remember this differently than I remember this. I remember it that you got told you were deploying in August and that you were deploying in November. So it was like we got married in July. You got told about a deployment in, no, in October. You got told that you were deploying in October in August. Did you remember it differently? I don't really remember. I just know we deployed in November. I think they had to move it back some or sooner or whatever it was because... Offset, some information got out of when we were mm-hmm. leaving, like it was on the news or whatever. Yeah, somebody said, oh, so we're we deploying on this day. delay like... it or move it up or something. I remember you were in Charlie. Alpha and Bravo were going on that deployment and they knew about it for the full, you know, six months to a year or whatever. Yeah. They were supposed to know about it. And then Charlie got told two months prior and what they told us the spouses and everybody, oh, you know, they uh, realized that they didn't give y'all an adequate amount of time to prepare and stuff. So they're giving you an extra like month or something. And then in reality, they just had y'all train 
the entire time and didn't give us any time to prepare. (laughs) Y'all were gone for that whole month. And then they were like, okay, we're leaving any day now. And two weeks later, y'all actually left. Yeah. You got told like on Friday that you were leaving on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, I was told since, I mean, even in AIT, when we found out where we were going, they're like, be ready. Anybody in Alpha and Bravo, you're deploying. Sorry, Charlie. You guys are stuck. <laughs> so like, I was told since AIT, you're not deploying, you're not deploying, which I was upset about because I yeah. you know, joined to deploy. A quote unquote undeployable or non deployable battery, which was false. I mean, when they told us that we, I mean, we were in the motor pool doing motor pool maintenance and, uh, the lieutenant colonel comes down to the motor pool and he's got a pistol on his hip. He was doing the MRE with Alpha and Bravo. And he was like, I guess you guys are wondering why I'm here. And me and Martin, we looked at each other. We're like, oh, he's here because we had a few DUIs over the weekend. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, you guys are deploying. And me and Martin looked at each other. You know, we just started smiling. We're like, yeah. Yay, yeah. deployment. <laughs> yeah. So what about those expectations? What did you expect deployment to be like versus... I mean, because this entire time you've been training on a system that you didn't even deploy with. So what were you expecting it to look like? Besides horribly sad and depressing because you're away from your beautiful wife. So besides that. I thought it was going to suck out there. Yeah. Honestly, I miss it. (laughs) (laughs) I I had a blast out there. You know, there's so many memories that I will not forget going out there because... You know, like, it's a two-man team, once again. So you just, you know, you're living with this guy for nine months. Yeah. You know. In a shipping container. It's just awesome. It's you like know, camp. The we- <laughs> yeah. The we- the weather sucks out there. You know, it is it is hot. You know, it is dry. There are sandstorms. But you're going through that with your battle buddies. And, like, it wasn't even that bad. We had phone- <laughs> We had cell service out there, you know. Imagine well, deploying... Back in the Dizzy. We paid. With a little brick phone yeah. and an antenna. And yeah. it's like, hey, like, <laughs> I got five minutes to speak. Yeah. We did pay extra for cell service. Not everybody yeah, like a gets dollar. that. And then we had to pay for Wi-Fi because for some reason y'all's like yeah, they have USO. Bowingo out there. Yeah. Y'all is, didn't have a USO at the first place. And then did. the second place we y'all had one, USO, but it was like. But it was down. Oh, it was down. Okay. Yeah. That's what it was. So yeah, we paid I for think... Wi-Fi, we paid for cell service, and then you could talk to us, but not in your room. Yeah. I mean, I was chilling out there. But yes, we didn't have to write letters, and you know, I wasn't thinking you were going to die every day, and so like, it was it was and a lot better than packages, it could have been. Man. So many people signed me up for those care packages. I was about to say, your family did a lot of that, because I think I sent you like two. And then your family signed you up. It's not even that, though. You get, like, those businesses that, you know, you're like, hey, I'm I'm deployed here. Yeah. I've got, you know, X (laughs) amount of people from my unit here with me. Mm. And then they just send you, like, 50 boxes for mail. (laughs) Like, I'm carrying 50 boxes back to the gun site (laughs) with me. I'm going to go, like, scavenge through them before I hand them out to everybody else. (laughs) They sent some good stuff. Like, magic cards. Not, like magic abracadabra but like magic the gathering, the gathering yes. cards you know they i <laughs> mean cards. the only bad part about that like props to them for sending us magic cards but all the decks were the same like oh. it was the same brand so like you couldn't really like battle with anybody everybody had the same cards <laughs> but That's so funny. i mean each deck come with came with i mean each uh box came with about four decks of cards and not like magic books. cards like normal playing cards they get books movies animals. one company gave everybody like 
grunt style t-shirts. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, I remember that. No, we're not sponsored by them. We could be. (laughs) But they gave us grunt style t-shirts. Those were cool. Some people were like sponsored by military companies. I can't remember what they were called, but they were getting like Magpul magazines for their M4s in the mail. So that was the highlight. (laughs) That was in the highlight. I mean, there's multiple things to highlight. But yeah, that was one of them. Just getting multiple care packages. So what do you think was the hardest part about deployment? Leaving. No, shut up. I'm thinking as more of like... As hard as that sounds on for you... No, like, I'm not talking know, about me. Oh, he didn't want to come back. I didn't. No, I want to go back out. I've, I've been back well, in the States three first years. First of all, you wanted to come back because you had a son to come back okay, to. Okay, I did want to come back to yeah. that. But... <laughs> but I'm talking more about like, was it difficult or not... Not was it difficult necessarily in the moment, because in the moment, yeah, it sounds like a great time, like you got to do kind of whatever you wanted, but the transition of coming back, maybe. Maybe redeployment was the hardest part, like like you literally just said, but like actually deeper than that. Redeployment, where you're going from, what, working 12-hour shifts for nine months straight. Y'all got, I think you got one or two days off in the beginning, and then you stopped getting days off, and no. you went to the gym like twice a day, you ate like crap wherever like whenever you wanted kind of deal and like you had like this like you got to basically make up your own timetable you barely slept you had a horrible i you were talking about how your pillow was like wet because the ac like stopped working at one point or something the ac would leak all the time that's so gross but (laughs) that lifestyle where you kind of get to do like you get to make up after after besides work you get to make up your own hours kind of deal and do whatever you want coming back to quote-unquote civilian life or like having a kid being married having like you know this is your schedule like that kind of deal was that was that really the hardest part because i feel like that's pretty freaking difficult no like none of it was really hard the only parts that like sucked were just like little things like we were at the first fob and then they told us we were closing that fob down so they moved us to other fobs and you know ski that was my buddy on deployment. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's when we found out that me and him were getting separated on deployment. So he went somewhere else. So now I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I just <laughs> lost my gym partner. Yeah. Your Instagram buddy. Yeah. Reps for days. So <laughs> then. Okay. Side note. I just want to make a point. Sorry. This is like me cutting out of the actual podcast. Reps for Days is the name of the Instagram that my husband and his friend Ski created that was literally a gym Instagram and they only got to do it for a couple weeks but it was adorable and that's why I laughed so hard because it was adorable and when everybody found out like in the states that they had made a gym Instagram it was just so cute so that's that's the the reference for there yeah you're welcome I end up going to the other fob Kandahar and, and then it gets better because I meet my team chief there mm-hmm. uh Lester. Oh, okay. He was your team chief? Yep. Oh. No offense to him either if he ever listens to this, but <laughs> I should have been the team chief. He, I was he say, was a mechanic. Y'all, y'all been in the same amount. Yeah, he wasn't even... <laughs> it wasn't even his job. It's he was a mechanic. I knew more about the system than he did. That's so I funny. I think. That's funny. So I should have been team chief technically, but, but I was attached to his battery. You know, he was a part of Alpha. Oh, okay. So, like, the leadership that was there knew him more than me. Yeah. So, they're like, oh, we're going to put Lester as a team chief. Okay. Me and him got pinned specialist the same day. 
But yeah, coming back was pretty difficult, you know. The, Not too difficult, though. Like, I was born to be a dad. <laughs> you were born to be a dad. The second week you got back, they had you, on paternity leave, go to a board for sergeant, which was a little frustrating because they didn't prepare you much at all. Then all of a sudden they were like, come in every day and we're going to test you on stuff. And that's fun. <laughs> yep, I was on leave. Just got back from deployment. Had a child. Had a kid. The day before you got back. And they're like, hey. Come to the board. <laughs> the board is coming up and you're going to go. Are you ready? You're like, no. <laughs> I didn't want to tell them no because then yeah. that makes me sound incompetent. Weren't you like technically supposed to be studying or something over deployment? Mm. I feel like somebody gave you See, cards like, to study. <laughs> it's hard with my situation because like I said, where I went, both of the places I went on deployment, I didn't really have my leadership there. That's true. Like my first sergeants and platoon sergeant, all of them, they were at other farms. You know, whenever my first fob I was at, our platoon sergeant that came with us just met the guy like a week or two before we deployed. Oh my gosh. Then, I mean, he's cool. Sergeant yeah. B, Sergeant Venezuela, Sergeant First Class. And then I had Ski there. I mean, I met Sergeant Washington there too. Like, obviously I deployed with these guys. So I ended up meeting them while I was deploying with them. But most of these guys I deployed with to the first fob barely knew them. Yeah. Besides like Styers and... The Joes that I went with. Yeah. And then I go to a different fob because that first one gets closed down. And now I'm attached to a different battery. You know, you I really have, are like, what's going now on? Now I have onesies and twosies again that I know there, but I'm attached with a different battery. Yeah. So then I come back with them on Advon. I come back early. and Just putting that out there. I'm the reason he came back early. And <laughs> they're like, hey, we're going to the board. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm ready. And then... I had a few mock boards with this staff sergeant. Don't even remember his name. I thought he was going to sponsor me for the board. And I'm like, hey, you're my sponsor, right? He's like, no. He's like, I'm not your sponsor. I've only known you a week. What am I supposed to tell them about you? So I hit up Sergeant Venezuela. I was like, hey, Sergeant, like, I don't have a sponsor sponsor. (laughs) for the board. And he's like, all right, I'll sponsor you. The sponsor, for people who don't know, basically just says, like, Hey, this guy's really cool. Like, yeah, they walk into the board before the soldier does, and they pretty much give the soldier's bio and, like, give him his packet, his PT card, and, you know, all that good stuff. But I go to the board, and, you know, I've been studying for a week, which should be enough, but it wasn't. I mean, you had just had a kid. We weren't sleeping. Like, we literally were waking up at 2 in the morning and just watching Stranger Things and having, like, a full midnight dinner in bed and like cuddling luke and stuff and we weren't sleeping we weren't like we weren't on a normal time schedule and then aside from all of this new stuff family was visiting like all of this stuff is happening and they're like go to the board (laughs) so a week really isn't enough (laughs) like giving you the benefit of the doubt a week really isn't enough when you're a new dad (laughs) and then the night before the board he kept us up to like midnight one o'clock yeah So then we end up going to the board, (laughs) which was in OCPs, our duty uniform. Mm -hmm. We didn't have to wear our dress blue or our uh, army service uniform, whatever. Mm -hmm. And Sergeant Venezuela was sponsoring me and this other dude, his name's Sergeant Johnson now, I'm pretty sure he's a sergeant. We both failed. (laughs) So needless to say, Sergeant V was very mad. Yeah. And uh, we failed him. Which of course, okay, Sergeant V is the one you knew. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So how did uh, the other guy feel that was just like, I've only known you a week, and he was supposed to be the one that was like, he, I've never helping even you, seen right? that guy again. Never exactly. Again. 
He's like, yeah, we're going to do a few mock boards. I walked in and we didn't even do mock boards. I walked in. He's like, this is how you're going to walk in and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. He's like, yeah, I just that's, told you. that's about it. Yeah. yeah. So he set me up for failure. <laughs> and I went back to the board the next month, though, and yes. aced it. So you did. Good. Okay. So then after deployment, you become a father, which is a whole nother podcast. And then really you had a pretty normal army career for a moment and then COVID hit because you got back from deployment in 2019 and then like mid 2019 and then what six months later COVID hits and Fort Sill took it seriously. I mean literally you didn't go to work for like a full year because then I got pregnant. Mm. I Well actually no I got pregnant right before COVID hit. Jamie was not a COVID baby. She was a post-deployment baby (laughs) and yeah like you literally were home all the time you still went in a little bit and then I messaged one of your was it was she a sergeant or was she just like a sergeant first class step yes she was my platoon sergeant she was a platoon sergeant I just messaged her asking genuinely just asking I'm pregnant and I'm like technically high risk for COVID like can Austin like I forgot something about like if I asked about a field or something or something like that and she was like, oh, he shouldn't be coming to work at all. And I was like, oops, okay. <laughs> Which, I don't know if you loved the fact that I did that. <laughs> because you couldn't get out of the house anymore. <laughs> but I did it. Also, as I mentioned, I'm the reason he came back early from deployment. Because I messaged a FRG leader and said I was going to have a baby. I was like, I'm going to have a baby literally the week that y'all are supposed to come back. And that's assuming that y'all don't come back early. And she was like, oh, we'll just put him on Advan. And I was like, okay. And then you got put on Advan. (laughs) I don't suggest to any military wives that you actually reach out to leadership that often. But it it has worked out. The two times that I've ever reached out to leadership, it's worked out really well in my favor. (laughs) So now, your next duty station, what did you expect versus what actually happened with uh, PCSing? And like the moving process, you know, we got long long story short we were supposed to go to germany and then i had asthma and for some reason they said oh that's enough to not send you and so they took us off which i'm kind of glad they did we wouldn't have been here which would have been sad so what did you expect coming into campbell like did you hear things and like you were like excited or like you were not excited or because they were coming back from a deployment so like what did you expect versus kind of like what actually happened Actually, I was upset that they were coming back from deployment because I knew that meant I wasn't going to deploy for at least another year or two. <laughs> yeah. And I still haven't deployed. Yeah. And then they're well, going to find out that, you know, Fort Sill catches a deployment right when I leave. Yes. <laughs> so, there is that. As far as the PCS and go, I, was, I knew it wasn't going to be smooth. You know, you get PCS leave, you just set up your household goods. If you're going to drive or fly, which we drove, so Mm -hmm. that was easy. Household goods, came and got our stuff, packed it up, you know. They had it here a month before we even got here. Yeah, a lot easier process. The stressful part about PCSing was you ordering stuff to our house too early. So that wasn't my fault. So um, because of COVID, Target and Amazon and all those people who we were ordering um, Black Friday sales and stuff like that for furniture... They said that it was going to take like a good two to three weeks to ship stuff. And Target, not a sponsor, but it should be. (laughs) Target is where we got the majority of our furniture from. And they said it would take up to three weeks or it would take three to three ish weeks 
And it took them a matter of like a few days. But we weren't going to be there until a week and a half later. And so I called FedEx and I eventually got a hold of the driver (laughs) that drops off FedEx stuff for Fort Campbell. And he personally assured me that our stuff would stay in the warehouse until we got there. And we got all of our stuff the day that we got our house. Yeah. So it worked out really great, but it was like three days of a headache. But that's good if that's the worst part of it. But other than that, what are your kind of hopes and dreams going forward? Well, I was supposed to go to Master Gunner School, so that's still a plan. But my class got canceled. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I want to pick up six... I at least want to get to E7. That's about as far as I want to go. But Yeah, he wants to be the same rank for 15 years, so we'll see how that works out. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's about it. I want to get as many schoolings as I can. I want airborne. I already have air assault, so I want to get Gunner an instructor trigger. position, recruiter position, mm-hmm. or drill sergeant position. No. But other than that, that's all I really want to do. I want to deploy at least one, two, maybe three more times. You're going to deploy a lot more than that. But I want to deploy that many times as an E5, E6 position. Uh, I don't want to deploy as like a platoon sergeant or first sergeant or something. Because they don't, you know, not saying they don't do anything out there. Their job is stressful, but they're not like on shift anymore, you know. Yeah. they're not actually doing the job. They're just making sure the job's being done. Mm-hmm. So. All right, cool. Is there anything you have to say to anybody that may be on the fence about joining? Obviously, you're speaking specifically for the Army, so we have mostly no idea what other branches look like and their training and all their, like, you know, stuff. But you can have your little recruiter moment. I think it's 100% worth it. And I think all the people that are in the military right now, especially all my friends and soldiers that I have under me that want to get out, I don't think anybody should get out. Especially, you know, if you get in at a young age like me, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to be retiring at 38 years old. That's young. Retiring. Retiring. Like, like fully. Not full. I mean, yeah, yeah. Fully from the military, yeah, yeah. But I'll be getting more jobs once I get out. Because you'll be 38. But... <laughs> You know, like, if you're sitting on the fence of joining or not, like, might as well. Yeah. At least, I mean, even if you don't want to do 20 years, do a contract. Get your feet on the ground. Get your foot in the door and some knowledge of other jobs you can do outside the world with military background. Get a free house. Get free food. <laughs> get free health insurance. Uh-huh. Get free dental. You know, make lifelong buddies that you're going to make all the way from basic training to all the way your first duty station, second duty station, whatever. Make lifelong memories. And yeah. if you're going to do it, do it. Put your name on that paper, sign it, go to basic training, pass, go to AIT, pass, do your three years, six years, 20 years, whatever it is. <laughs> but just create a foundation. Like, get your life on the right track. It's going to offer discipline. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you play smart with your money, you're going to have money saved up for if you do get out. So if you're going to join, join. Get your feet on the ground. Yeah, set your life for success. That about wraps it up. So be sure to subscribe and go like our Instagram or follow our Instagram at man.o.man.podcast and share with your friends. Let me know what you thought. 
Um, I've had people messaging me about the first couple episodes and how much they appreciated it and stuff, and it means the world to me, and I make sure and tell them that it means the world to me because it really does, and it really lets me know that I'm not just, you know, speaking into a void. I'm actually, like, speaking to y'all's lives. So go ahead and do all that and share and leave a review. Till next time, thank a service member and support our troops.